Welcome, everyone, back to the broadcast. I'm David Woods, coming to you live from dried out and desiccated Las Vegas. <laughs> I'm in the New York, New York. I've got a friggin' roller coaster outside of my window. And I'm joined by Tracy Pearson back in sunny Los Angeles. Tracy, how are you? I always have pretty much essentially a roller coaster outside my window. That's just how we all live, isn't it? Isn't that's how we all live? That's how we all go through our days. Just a roller coaster outside our window. I want, and whether we jump on, whether we stay off, wow. that's life, right? That's life. Uh, are you drunk right now? No, 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 no. So, no. so here's here's the funny thing. I have become an old man, like a real old man. You know what I did last night? You I got stayed done working, in and you brushed the gray in your beard. I. I I got done working at the stadium, mm-hmm. and then I came back to my room, and I went to sleep. And you know what? Wow. I don't regret it for a second. It was an incredible night's sleep. <laughs> that's that's really, really – you know, for many people, that's exciting, actually. It was nice. I loved it. I loved every second. Um, uh, five stars will do again. Exactly. Sounds, um, I'm, I'm happy for you. Why yeah, you could I, have a you know a little vacay a sleeping vacay? Yeah, who, who but the night love it? didn't you during the day partake just a little yesterday? Yeah, I mean I had a I had a I had a few beers, um, okay. you know enough that I could uh, you know curse a little bit from the press area at the players as they were playing, but not so much, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, are we adhering to that? I mean, I shouldn't let. Everybody. I used is there to, a policy? Yeah, there is a policy. There's absolutely a policy. But, but I've seen more and more people violating that policy. We're talking about media not cheering from the press box. Yeah. yeah I, I don't you do know that. what? I'm I, getting old now, Dave. I'm all, nah, screw that. <laughs> I don't do it. I, I, I curse under my breath. That's what I do. Yeah. But it's yeah. never cheering. No, it's no, not no, no, cheering, no. it's cursing. Yeah, that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, it's cursing. It's Which cursing. is essentially the same thing as a fan. But there wasn't much reason for cursing last night, Tracy. See what I did there? Can you can we get can you make a little music noise kind of something that signifies a transition segue? That I should I should it should be like please segue segue. I, I love that. Yeah. That sounds like some commercial on Channel Thirteen at eleven o'clock. Yeah, I know it's for insurance. Good. Segue yep. insurance. Segue. Oh yeah, it's a segue. <laughs> All right, we're gonna segue though. Into the actual basketball game last night, UCLA uh, beat Washington State 75-65. Very annoyingly, it was not a blowout at the very end, simply because, um, well, Kyle Smith was trying to, it's it's not the opposite of running up the score, but he was trying to make it look better so he can continue to be an analytics maestro. Um, Because Washington State isn't very good, but they are ranked pretty highly in a lot of analytics systems. And watching that game, it's like, huh. Is that why? Do they narrow leads at the end of blowouts so that it looks better than it actually was in an analytics system? Because well, they were pressing, yeah. they were they were getting crazy when Russell Stong was in, and it's just like that's no fun. Well, I mean, honestly, I, I mean, it did impact potential seeding, right? I mean, it uh, and didn't it the net UCLA, n- didn't the net numbers move because of it? Yeah, it kept UCLA from keeping pace with Texas Tech, which is really, really the problem right now. That's a huge. I mean, you can't just cast that off. That's kind of a huge problem because before we even got into this little podcast, we were talking about going to Portland or going to San Diego, and just 
first off, let's just do it from a very self-centered point of view. Flights to Portland right now are 600 bucks. So I need them to be in the San Diego pod. Okay, go ahead. Tell yeah. me some basketball reason. Go ahead. All right, so um, the the game itself, like if you if you just excise that last minute from your memory, um, golly gee, it was uh, again a very impressive performance from UCLA. Um, I think the the first four minutes of each half. I mean, I'm not going to belabor the point. I, well, I am. We're going to talk about it at length. No, but, we have to do it. We it's, yeah, yeah. It's uh, a massive. The first elephant. four minutes of each half were yeah. bad. Do you want to know why the first four minutes of each half were bad? I'm going to let you say it the first time. It's because Miles Johnson wasn't on the floor. Uh, the first four minutes of the first half, uh, Washington State had three offensive rebounds. Two of them, like, directly ripped away from Cody Riley. Uh, and then they had two more the rest of the entire game. And then they opened the second half with, I think, 12 points in four minutes. Uh, yeah, 12 points in about four minutes. Um, and uh, then Miles Johnson comes in and uh, just turns off the water. Um it's uh, that was the most blatant example of what we've been talking about. It's game. freaky. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, he's, he's, um, this is where like, I'm kind of, um, get, uh, Hicks had a good post on the board because it is kind of a worry Who? now. Who? Uh, you know, remember, uh, uh, what's his first name? Darth Hicks. Garth. Is it Garth? <laughs> it's Darth. 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 He had his name changed. Right. Right. Okay. Um, that guy, Gregory Hicks, um, he uh, had a good post on the board where that's, like, actually becoming a worry now because the games now all really matter. Um, this matters for seeding, and then the games next week really, really matter for, you know, the fact that if you lose, you go home. Um, and this split cannot continue to be, like, um, mildly in favor of Cody Riley because last night it was. It was 21 minutes for Riley and 19 for Miles Johnson. And it's... Um, obvious and apparent that miles johnson is not only better at all literally all facets of defense you know cronin had that distinction that crap cody's better at switching that's not true just uh, no no it's not uh because look while miles can't move maybe as well maybe laterally as cody riley uh cody riley's length isn't bothering anyone on switches um and you're going to be at a disadvantage no matter what with quickness when you're uh switching so you want a guy with length who can actually step out on the shooter. And I mean, my, how many how many shots has Miles Johnson blocked on the perimeter this year? There was the one in this. Well, uh, you you got a lot in there. So first off, moving laterally on defense. No, that's that's at least a wash now. Uh, Cody Riley's not quicker when he's motivated. I, I, no, I, I'm just saying what we've seen. Yeah, lately. yeah. No, I, I mean, get I it. can't get into his head. I'm just saying what we've seen on the court. First, secondly, there was a there was a whole series where Miles got switched out. He was on a smaller guy. He closed out, completely altered the three-point shot badly, and then, of course, the ball bound, the rebound bounces all the way out into his hands. It was <laughs> no. like, it's like he's blessed somehow. I mean, it's getting, right now, you said, like, you know, mildly in favor of the minutes. I'm not going to get greedy. I'll just be happy with mildly in favor of Miles Johnson at this point. And if he's making those free throws, which we can't say he always will, but he did last night. It is, it is, it's not even, I mean, okay, so you were saying Cody Riley's ability to move and, and switch on defense, that was a slight check in his box. Well, that's not anything now. 
Offensively, Cody Riley's only thing that he can do is hit that jumper. That's yeah, the no. only thing he can do. But that's if the you're other talking point. about hitting free throws for Miles Johnson, that negates that completely. So just that all is a wash. But what we saw last night, and I don't know if they're if they're making this happen or if UCLA's perimeter defenders just think it, they extend out so much more with Miles Johnson. Yes, because, because they, they know, know they, have they know he's back there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They know well. It's a few different things. They know there's a guy there who's going to get the defensive rebound, so they're not cheating back. And they know there's a guy there who's going to block shots. They know there's a guy there who's going to switch effectively. Who's going to like the way he was plugging enough that the the shooter felt threatened, but then able to move back and actually guard his guy when the action stopped. Like it was just he was playing it textbook, like just absolutely textbook defense. And he's doing it in, like, the kind of body that can actually threaten, you know, alter every shot in his area. Like, he's got – I mean, it's that, that uh, trope with basketball, but he plays with so much gravity. Like, there's just he, – he's he, – he affects everything that's happening on the floor because of his size and because of how he plays defense. Um, but the, the offense is, is the other interesting point because my argument is that he is a much better, at this point, Offensive player than Cody Riley, too. Much better. And, all, Not just and every because, and, yep. and, yes, Cody Riley is a better jump shooter. Miles um, Johnson is absolutely, positively no worse at scoring inside. And I would argue he's better because when was the last time Cody Riley scored inside in the low post? Like on a set play where he's trying to get it in. Did it happen last night? I don't think it did. And if it did, it was once. Um, otherwise, he's getting a shot blocked or missing layups because he's not playing on balance. And he has absolutely no explosion to get around shot blockers. Miles um, Johnson, he, he, he's he got like one post thing that he can do, which is try to dunk it and sometimes miss. Um, but that's more reliable than anything Cody Riley's doing in the post right now. Um, so, and on it, top of that, yeah. on top of that, yeah. Miles Johnson is an elite, like top 15 in the nation offensive rebounder. Like yeah. it's, it's uncanny some of the balls he gets because he doesn't really even have to jump sometimes. He just, it's positioning and his size and the way he places himself, like all those tricks that Cody Riley has to do to get a rebound, where he has to hook an arm to keep guys from jumping over him, Miles Johnson's pure size keeps that from being necessary. He doesn't have to hook arms or anything. He just has to kind of place himself there with his big, long arms, and the ball just kind of falls to him. I, I, I mean, it's we really haven't seen it. Well, we did. Um, I'm talking about minutes when Miles Johnson plays, you know, heavy minutes let's say 25 plus we've seen it i'm looking it up right now this isn't off the top of my head recently uh against washington uh they beat washington 76 to 50 and that was that was a pretty easy win if you remember um but he hasn't played very often and you you come away uh, he hasn't played a lot of minutes very often you come away from like last night's game or other recent games ago what if he just played three more minutes? That would probably give them a plus of maybe five or six points and make the game comfortable. Maybe there's so many ways it could impact. If you're up in this with a lead of 17, you can pull your guys back, get them less minutes that you know the three guys that are putting in you know yeoman's minutes here. I, I mean. That's what, there's so many ways it impacts just to get that, that lead at four or five more points 
from about the 17, 16 minute mark of the second half to the end of the game, critical time, especially now when you're in crunch time and you're playing game after game, you just have to think that if he's in the game longer, those runs are even more significant and they're creating a margin that's so much tougher for the opponent to overcome. Yeah. And I mean, it, and it was obvious last night. Um, and it's been obvious for a few weeks now. So I, the hope is um, that that gets figured out here pretty quickly because um, if they're still um, doing essentially a slight, slightly in favor of Riley a minute split heading into the NCAA tournament, they are not operating at peak efficiency. And if they're not operating at peak efficiency and they're playing tough games in the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight, they're going to lose. I'm just, I'm saying right now, if Cody Riley plays more minutes than Miles Johnson, I'm looking for, I don't know if they get to the Sweet 16. If Miles Johnson plays, they're at least a Sweet 16 team. Yeah. They're that, it's that, it's not even, it's not even projecting them. And it's just watching the team. It's a yeah, different, it it's a different team. Yeah. It's, well, and this is the point in the season where you're not, you can't, if the goal, and I like, I would understand this if this had been the goal. If the goal was to get Riley ready, like to get him back into speed, because he's only been playing again for what, like a month and a half, yeah, something like that. Um, to get him like back and moving and the whole thing, like I would have sort of gotten that. But now, that the time for that was before. You can't really spend a whole lot of time trying to develop guys or, or, or you know, uh, figure out where they are right now. Right now, it's who's playing better, and who's playing better is obvious. And I, I guess, I guess though, you can look across the court and say he allowed Jules Bernard to play through his slump, and Jules Bernard played the role of Johnny Juzang last night. Well, so, no, but absolutely, he allowed yeah. him to play through his who, through his slump, but before, like the slump was before, and now Jules is playing better. Right, um, but, but you got—he's probably thinking that though. Make yeah, I get it, but these are these are uh, these are winner go home. I mean, there's a there's a potential that UCLA has like two more games total left in the season. Yeah, you can't get too silly with uh, trying to hope guys get better. Um, you know what's interesting too? I got to throw but, this in. Peyton Watson played some minutes. Played some minutes, and I think he's overall an advantage on defense. Sometimes he just falls asleep on help and does some stupid things. Uh, off, off, but I I'll take him on defense. All day long. Offense is where there were so many times you just went, oh, no, don't take that shot. Bad shot. No, don't. Mick Cronin, I think it was last week, said something like he kind of implied that what Jaime Hawkes is doing is what Peyton Watson could be doing. Like if he returns next year, Peyton Watson has a game that he can definitely be a, he has a tough offensive game that would be hard to stop it's not shooting from three and that's not Jaime Hawkes's game Jaime Hawkes has developed a back to the basket game and I can't even say that that's what Peyton Watson would do but Peyton Watson could easily take a couple of dribbles and pull up in the paint and shoot yeah. an eight footer and he's pretty good at that and I don't that think any, last I, night yeah. yeah I don't think anyone's blocking that shot <laughs> no, nobody's blocking his shot if he's if he's on the move. Um, he uh, 
if he could get that down, like just the one or two dribble pull up, uh, yep. because he's got so much length, like just his legs even, um, that it takes him like a dribble to get from the three point line to the key. Um, and then he can just, you know, rise up and fire. Uh, he's got, all... go ahead. Yeah. You can tell he's, when he starts to put the ball on the floor, he's trying to make, the... he's so compelled to take it all the way to the basket. Yeah. You can just see. And, and he can't finish right now. And he can't finish right now. But see, everything that he's ever done in basketball, he's been able to finish over anyone. So the, his, all of his, his, everything firing in his brain is saying, oh, take that to the hoop. He's got to just pull that back and pull up, not even from 12 to 15. He can pull up at eight feet <laughs> and no one's blocking that shot. And yeah. that's his game, which he should really just embrace right now. And it'd be great if he found that game because that's a findable game during the NCAA tournament for him. Yeah, I think so. Um, and just, you know, picking, and that's what the, the argument has been with uh, Watson basically all year. Embrace defense and rebound and rebounding and then really simplify on offense. Like just pick a thing, like one thing and do it really well. Um, and, and don't try to do everything. And it, what he what he was struggling at, I think the the attempting to finish at the rim, which is it feels like the simplest thing, but with how slight he is right now, it is not. And so he just kept blowing layups, and I think that was horrible for his confidence. And even last night, you saw it um, on that one over the top um, inbounds where he uh, he had a wide open lane to the basket, and then he missed the first layup, and then missed the second. Um, I think it's uh, that's strength, but it's also confidence at this point. I don't think he's at all confident in his ability to finish at the rim. Um, so play to your strengths a little bit. Uh, he's got a, he's got a, I mean, look, uh, the three point shooting is not there yet. I think it will be in the length and the fullness of time. Um, but he does have a pretty little stroke. Um, it's a soft touch. So take it from eight feet, take it from 10 feet, um, and see if you can do those. Did you stay for, uh, the USC Washington game? Yeah, I was writing for most of it, but it was a terrible game. Did uh, you I mean, have I, any doubt as no matter uh, what did what did Washington go up by? What was it? It was like eight points. Maybe? Oh yeah, there was no doubt. I no Hopkins, doubt in my mind. And Hopkins then, is a horrible coach, and that he is, and he's he's in over his head. You can tell. And then secondly, in this in the second half, that was <laughs> that was the worst offensive display I I think I can remember. I can't remember a game now I'm sure there were some that I've seen but that was the worst I've ever seen of an offense and I gotta I gotta find out I'm looking up to see what they shot they missed like 16 shots in a row uh, it, it was just absolutely stunning how bad they were yeah I mean driving to talking about drive if you think anyone on UCLA's team ever drove to nowhere you need to go watch that game. That yeah. was driving to nowhere, slipping, throwing the ball out of bounds, bouncing off their knee, throwing up air balls that don't look like they might hit something. They're four feet away from the rim. I mean, it was, it was beyond comical how bad they were. Um, Terrell Brown, wow, wow, that, that, if he ever thought he was going to play in the NBA, he just absolutely destroyed. If anyone saw that tape, dang. Um, so that gets us talking about USC. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, USC, <clears throat> I think, I mean, if, if UCLA can play 
um, at all the way they played in the last game, it's going to be fine. Um, but USC presents some challenges. They've got a lot of size. Um, last time I thought uh, that was one of the big um, low-post bully Jaime Jaquez games. Um, I know it's hard to remember. It was uh, six days ago. Um, but he was uh, he was a force down low, and he got Isaiah Mobley in foul trouble, um, put a bunch of fouls on a bunch of their big guys. And they did a much, much better job on Drew Peterson. Uh, kept him from kind of going crazy. Um, I think they can do it again. It's just a lot of length to deal with. That's that's the fundamental issue. And I'm sure um, Andy Enfield's going to go with that really long lineup again, where I think they had four guys in the starting lineup who were over 6'9". Um, even though it didn't quite work, I think that did present some challenges um, for some of the guys on, on UCLA's roster, notably uh, Tiger Campbell. Yeah. Um, it's going to be very interesting just to see. We're now third time rubber match. Um, key to that game, uh, the only uh, why Washington was <laughs> even in it at the end is I think USC had 23 turnovers. That yeah, was Yeah, they turned it over a ton. That was phenomenal. UCLA is very good at at turning you over and very good at keeping their own turnovers down. That's going to be, that's going to be a key element in this game. And you know we got to go, we got to go back to the well, Dave. And Miles Johnson is going to be a key to this game. Oh yeah, I mean he was one of the better players in that game as well. I mean as he's been for um, you know the, the entirety of the back half of the season. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be essential um, to get a lot of miles out there. Um, you know, the, the other, like, kind of um, thing that I think is worth um, uh, trying to figure out is uh, what – how can Johnny Juzing be effective? Um, because last night he was uh, very much struggling um, to deal with getting the ball denied, but also just uh, guys playing tight defense on him. He was doing the chicken wing thing again. Do we think that's just rhythm, or do we think he needs to kind of um, – I don't know, adjust his game a little bit. Well, when it comes to Juzang, uh, he is, it's a razor's edge for me between him being effective and not. And anything that can throw him off, and I think the injury threw him off, the combination of the injury, uh, obviously opposing teams really making an effort to try to shut him down, not only keep him from catching the ball, but not giving him any room to get the ball off. Uh, I'm going to give a little credit, though. He he took the he, he put the ball on the floor and he scored that way a couple of times last mm-hmm. night. I, I think he needs to maybe do that if they're going to extend out on him. Take him off the dribble. Uh, you know, use your body shield. Take that that baseline where he's most effective is on that baseline penetration. When he goes through the paint, oi! I'm always closing my eyes because anything could happen on that. Yep. Um, occasionally he throws up a floater, but when he's got fairly big shoulders, he can pretty much shield like a bigger, more athletic defender. When he has that baseline, he doesn't have to dribble it too much. He, he finishes most of the time. Um, go for that. Make them have to give you a little bit of room because he's an effective scorer that way. Make them have to adjust and maybe they'll loosen up on it a little, probably not, but at least he'll have a way to be effective Offensively, I think uh, I was encouraged actually by by seeing that last night. Yeah, so, yeah. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, tonight it's – what ungodly hour do I have to stay up to, Tracy? Um, well, I'm going to write the review, like I said. Yeah, uh-huh. so, I appreciate uh, you. I mean, uh, come on, dude. What are you going to do? You're going to ask a couple of questions and record a video? And I mean, come on. What? And then yeah. you're just well, – big deal, Dave. You're just going right back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you? Re- oh, I'm sorry. Are you complaining? Are you, you're going to complain about going to bed at eleven fifteen? <laughs> Dave, am, go out and have a drink. I God, think so. One I think drink I, on no, me. No, but here's the thing. Here's Please. the thing. I think, I think everyone in, tell Dave you're going to buy him a drink tonight. Everyone, Venmo being, Dave. What's your Venmo, Dave? I'm not giving my Venmo. Yes, everyone's uh, going to Venmo being, you. Being an ancient old man, I think, is a bell curve, right? So I think you start off obviously not an ancient old man. And then you have young kids, and you become very rapidly an ancient old man. And then your kids get older, and you're once again not an ancient old man, even though you may in fact be older. Yeah. Thoughts, comments, yeah. concerns? <laughs> you know, I've got so many years in you. This is something I've come to know many years ago. So, and I consider you a very, uh, you know, a pretty, uh, you know, insightful. You know, intelligent human being. But yeah, that's, I learned all that years ago. Yeah, it's amazing what you learn as, as an older person. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm an ancient old man now, so I understand. So when that. did you go across that line, is what I'm really the most. Um, I went, so I went on a bachelor party Vegas trip in 2015. Those old getcha. Yeah, Those so this was when, no, but this is when my daughter was two. Oh. And so I, I go on this trip. And all the, all the other guys are like, let's go to the pool at, like, 2 p.m. And we've already been drinking in the morning, like, doing, like, the brunches and stuff. And so they're all like, oh, let's go to the pool. It's like a hot summer's day. Like, go hang out at the pool shirtless and get sunburned and, like, drink heavily at the pool. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> and I went and took a nap. And I, I arose two hours later feeling like a god. And then these people come out just just absolutely just flayed just horrible like 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 something out of like some uh, the wasteland like something out of a t.s Eliot poem like just looking awful looking grim and i'm like all right what are you guys gonna do do you want to go want to go get dinner what are we doing what are we doing what are we doing it was great it was the best decision i've ever made in my life that's when i became uh the rhyme of the ancient mariner (laughs) and you know what i can see it with that beard you just need like a big staff yeah yeah, when long flowing robes and a big staff. Exactly. People Venmo Dave if he would take a, a selfie of him. I think I can do <laughs> it. I, like I've got that. a, I've got a, I've got an old picture of me in a robe. Um, so I just need to put a staff on it. Well, would you please go out and have a drink? Just yeah, no, it's okay. gonna happen. It's gonna okay. happen. Okay. Um, just I might, I might be in bed by midnight. <laughs> Are you and Ryan Abraham? Are you guys like um, betting on the game tonight? Or do you um, not speak? In, in I, I I was thinking about it. Um, I don't feel strongly about the UCLA game, um, uh-huh. but I was going to look at you know doing one of those like fun stupid parlays. You know, put ten bucks and just see see if I you know win a thousand. Wow! Yeah, yeah. go for that. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. yeah, I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a a dedicated diehard sports better. I will play a shitload of craps though because I am a degenerate. You play craps. I do. Yeah, I used to. It's Just a the, it's a great game. 
But the money it's goes. Fun. The money goes. Oh, so it goes fast. so fast. It, go, see, it I, goes so I, fast and so sweet. I, I'm more. I've turned. See, this has gotten older. I've gone from the hair to the tortoise when it comes to Vegas. If I can sit at a blackjack table and be entertained for like four hours, I consider that like I went to a Cirque du Soleil show. So, you know, yeah. those are running what one fifty, two hundred. If I lose one, that, then I feel fine because you I was entertained. Hear, you want to hear Ancient Old Man. Can I tell you Ancient Old Man? I'd love to hear it. Dude, I'll sit and play video poker if there are people at the bar hanging out. I will do it. Yeah. My wife yeah. My wife wins at video poker. She wins all the time. <laughs> it's insane. She's always walking away with those little tickets. She always has those. They're all like <laughs> 70, she, 75 bucks, to, 35 Has she bucks. had to do the thing where she... Um, you you get like a royal flush or whatever, and then the the pit boss has to come over and you have to sign some tax documents. No, she's never won that. <laughs> but she wins every time. And I'll be walking my shoes. What should I do here? I go. What are you asking me for? You always win. I I, I don't know. Do what you think you should do. You win. By the way, <laughs> Washington shot twenty three percent in the second half, and I thought it was like about fourteen percent. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah that that game was that game was amazing to me. I mean, it was if you were a Washington bad. It was fan, a horrible basketball game. Wow. It was Yeah. It was so uh, horrible. you know USC USC is going to come out there and play lights out tonight. Like they're UCLA is going to have to play like a perfect game to beat them. Yeah, there were so many times the thing with SC and you know I haven't really done a lot of research into this but when when they're able to get looks and they're squared up and they're balanced and they got a little room. They nail those every they don't miss those. No. They don't. So you gotta you gotta not let them do that, is the thing. Well, um, everyone will be happy to note. Um, before the USC game, I had to pee at the stadium. This this is relevant. I'm gonna tell oh you my, why. Oh my god. I had to pee and uh, despite T Mobile being built, I think literally four years ago, there are not many bathrooms in that building. Mm-hmm. So there are two bathrooms to be used by, like, anybody walking around the media area of the concourse. And they are literally single-stall bathrooms that you have to wait in line on the concourse for them. I'm waiting in line. Drew fucking Peterson walks by, and he's like, are these the only two bathrooms? And I say, yes. He's like, oh, can I, can I, can I cut? And I said, no, I need to pee. <laughs> you did not, did you? I mean, I said, no, nah, there's a line. Yeah. Wait, yeah, I was he, this is after the game. No, before this is game. this is before the USC game. Oh, before did you know game. he ran out on the telecast? He said Drew Peterson's late. To, yeah, he, he really had to pee. <laughs> no, he. Uh, I think I think they had a locker room where they could pee, but he had to go all the way back to the locker room because there was a line for. So he point. asked you. He wanted to cut. He the wanted pee to be line. able to go, and I said, "There's a line." I'm trying to picture this. How deep were you in the line? I was front. I was front of the line. Oh, so he, he bypassed everyone behind you. And came well, he up. was walking by, and oh. then he did the thing where he walks up to the door and tries the handle. And I'm like, hey. And he's like, oh. And I'm like, yeah, there's a line. And then he has to go back to the locker room to pee. So then he just kept going. Yeah. So USC kind of entitled when it comes to peeing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> also, like, I, I know everyone out there, like, you, you've all seen basketball players, but, like, it, it. so I haven't covered a game now in four or five years, right? Like, it's been a while. A basketball game. Yeah. And it's so funny walking by basketball players because they are very truly the freakiest looking humans in the entire world. 
Well, Drew Peterson, too. Well, no, but I they mean, all are. Yeah. Like, they're all just like, it's like somebody took their head and just pulled, like, really hard. Yeah. And their their bodies, like, they're, they're very, they're very, like, most of them are really slim and really friggin' tall. And yeah, that's like, the thing. Wow. And, I mean, everyone know, must know this. They've stood and gone to basketball. They've stood next to basketball players and been. But when you watch them in a game, you realize they're tall. But then when you see them in person, they're freaky tall and they're freaky skinny. Freaky skinny. Freaky. That's the part and that really stands out. What What's really cool about it is because, obviously, we scout recruits. We scout prospects. When a basketball player goes and plays football or he's at a bat or a football camp without any pads, he looks like he could just snap in half. Tall, tall and skinny and just snap in half. Then when a football player, who seems like a normal-sized guy, not like too wide, goes and plays football, he looks like the Hulk. <laughs> Even if he's a safety, he looks like the Hulk. So it's all, it's all context and perspective. Yeah. But wait, I'm... this is a great story. I kind of want to... I mean, if that had been like David Singleton, he probably would have got in the back of the... I mean, you know, UCLA, we're egalitarian, right? I mean, he would have got in the just back him, of the line. Pee on the floor, it's fine. I'll take the hit. I'll take the heat. It's fine. Do whatever you need to do, David. That's like a great... That's like a great moment in... Like, are you watching Winning Time? No. You're not going to watch that? I will, eventually, but I yeah. not That yet. seems like a scene, like, in, in a, in a miniseries. Like, yeah, no, it, it, it felt really good. It felt really so, good in the moment. So, uh, this is complete tangent. The biggest controversy over winning time is the portrayal of Jerry West. Um, do you know this, right? Yeah. Okay, so, I, you know, we, I, I guess they, uh, in, in the piece, in the uh, miniseries, they wouldn't put a window in his office because he throws chairs through them and he's always yelling and screaming and he's just like unhinged. And, and then a lot of people are coming out and saying that wasn't him. He was, he was gentlemanly, and he was always uh, disgruntled and mad, but he bottled it up. So that's, that's the thing. That, that, but i got to say, so this is a long time ago, and I had a, an ex-ex-ex-girlfriend from many years ago who um, was from Chicago, and she moved out to Los Angeles, met Jerry West, and Jerry West asked her out to lunch a few times. Wow. Yeah. At a, at a restaurant in a hotel. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not saying anything about it. I'm just saying, you know, it was, it was you know, interesting from my standpoint. And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jerry West. Jerry. Logo. Jerry. Logo. You know, we all have stories living in Los Angeles, being around Lakers. There are so many Lakers, especially if you ever got into the Forum Club. And there was an, an ex, I can't even remember who it was, but there was an ex UCLA song leader who was a Laker girl, who friend of a friend, who used to get me in. I used to occasionally get in. And you could witness that whole Bacchanal <laughs> in action, which was, did you, oh, you were too, you're just a child. You've only was, become a, a an old child, man, yes. an old man in the last several years. Yeah, yeah I know. I've gone from um, a young man with all my life ahead of me to an ancient, ancient old man. There was no segue. No, that's when not, you should no. have hit the segue button right there. No, segue. I didn't hit. I didn't. I never hit the cruise control period. It's just been 
It was it was up and then it's just straight down to old man. Hey, one other thing I want to talk basketball wise. We're about UCLA if everyone's still here. Yeah, they're still um, here. There was a big discussion about Amari Bailey on on the forum. And because they watched the one game where Sierra Canyon got blown by Corona Centennial. Blown out. Let's let's just Yeah, yeah. Let's just blown out, sorry. Yeah. Um it's not. <laughs> Wait, you were the one. You were the one who spearheaded the whole. That's, that's kind Adem, of a weird way to go with that. Adam Bona. Yeah, that's where I was going with that. So yeah. I, I threw that in, but even beforehand. Uh, first off, everyone's trying to. Uh, a lot of people were judging him from that game, saying he's not getting back and playing defense. <laughs> uh, okay, if as a basketball scout, if you went out and actually judged players defense by whether they play defense on the high school level you would almost one in a thousand guys you'd say has the potential to be a good defender almost no one plays defense on the call well and what you're judging there is not really the player you're judging the high school coach which is irrelevant exactly there are some high school coaches who demand defense but for the most part they don't and most of these guys like i don't know and i've seen him i've seen him play defense in au ball i've witnessed it so, you shouldn't question whether Amari Bailey can play defense or what, how good he is. And he's playing hurt. He's still hurt. He's, he's playing probably at 70% of what he is. And offensively, I'm thinking he has a really good chance of starting next year at some point in next in season next year. Because of how more polished he is. Everyone is making the com- uh, comparison to Payne Watson. How much more polished he is offensively, um, and how much more developed he is offensively. But and not just not just skill wise, but his approach to the game, his his ball IQ. I mean, he can pass the ball. He he really has a great feel. So it's judging him over one game is just is just really short sighted. And I just wanted to get that out there and remember he is he is still hurt um i know some people that know some people that know him and they reminded me of that too hey let let's talk football do we have to yeah um they got some they got but some cool a, but it's basketball season they got some cool commitments though but it's basketball season you don't want to talk about that no i do i mean dave this is up here this is a rush pass rush this is uh-huh. You're not excited yeah. about that at all. I mean, yeah. I mean, whenever you can get a couple of players from North Texas in the oh. transfer portal, I think oh. you got to do it, right? Hey, it's not like they other. You know, they had offers from SC, Penn State, Nebraska. Oh, right. It wasn't okay. like they were getting offered by. Yeah, um, it's great. It's great. It's great. They'll. They'll. We're they'll talking about Gabriel and, Murphy and Grayson Murphy, the twins yeah. from North Texas. At least one of them is more than likely going to start. Yeah. Um, and then a, what you would think would be the person who would plug in at left tackle. That's your. These are the two drums you've been banging. Yeah. No. I mean, I think they've they've filled the needs. Um, so now it's a question of whether or not that is an upgrade over last season. Um, so the Murphy twins are are they going to combine to be an upgrade over Mitchell Gude and, and the other losses in the defensive line? And I think you might tentatively say yes. Um, you know, Gude had some production last year, but he was not. Um, the level that he had been uh, or looked like he was going to be at the beginning of the season. The only thing with the Murphy Twins, I, I don't know. 
they look good on on film on on the highlights and stuff but how that translates to the Pac-12 from uh, North Texas uh, a lot of their a lot of their best numbers came against like UTEP um, yeah so it's that's going to be the question whether that translates super easily I thought Cam Johnson translated pretty well I don't think he was quite at the level he was at North Texas but he was pretty good um, so Quantrez Knight well. Yeah, and Quantra's Knight obviously translated from Kent State, but I would say there was diminishing returns there as well. Um, Raekwon O'Neal, I I think it's, I mean, it's obviously plugging a need. I don't think he's as good as either Alec Anderson or Sean Ryan. No. Um, And so I think that's, it's obviously better than the disaster scenario they were walking into. I I, I just, I I think it's going to result in a slightly worse offensive line. I'm going to drop a bomb here, and I don't, Talking about old man, I can't remember if I... Uh, there's so much information flowing through. I can't even remember if I said this yet on a post. Um, Andre Harris uh, wanted to commit to UCLA, and UCLA turned down his commitment. And it uh, it wasn't because... They thought they filled the need with Raekwon O'Neal. I mean, that was a bit of it, but it was also that they they turned down his commitment. Let's just and let's just say let's keep it at that. Which I personally think is a is a mistake. Yeah. And, and here's the thing too. It's a problem. It's a problem inherent to transfer recruiting. When you're recruiting a high school prospect, you have months to establish a relationship, understand who the kid is, get to know him, right? And if there's something that, you know, it, it's not a good fit, you know. In recruiting transfers, you don't know, right? So, but if you're going to have an official visit, you're going to bring him in, you're going to offer the kid, that's you, and then, and then he wants to commit and you don't take the commitment and it's not because you, you filled your need. I don't know. I, I think that's pretty disingenuous in a way. And it's it's uh, something that might come up come up more often. It comes up in high school recruiting, but it could come up more often in transfer recruiting. Yeah. Just wanted to get that out. I, I think they absolutely should take another tackle. But Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I don't know if they will. No. Um, well, that'd be fun. I do have a little bit of news, too. Drop it. Uh... The tackle from Vanderbilt, Tyler Steen. Uh, as we reported, unlikely that he would get academically admitted to UCLA, but they're still, tr- and as we also reported, they're still trying. Uh, I think it's Alabama's after him, some other pretty high profile programs. Um, he, he likes UCLA. He likes UCLA. He might. Even without UCLA being an offer him, I'm hearing he might unofficially visit. Mm. Unofficially. Very interesting. So, yeah, there you go. Okay. Man, we are dropping some stuff on the broadcast. You have sure you, are. Have you noticed? That, yeah. I know, but I like to say we. Have like you noticed it. how it, it creates some buzz? There, People are saying, wait, you're not listening to that thing? That's worth the money alone. By itself. By and itself. imagine if you took us out in Vegas and fed us drinks, how much just, just you would get Just opened out. our mouths and poured them in. It'd, it'd be uncanny. 
Yes. Uncanny what you could pry. You wouldn't have to pry. We would just yeah. ramble. It would just pour out of us. Yeah. Okay. Pour out of us. Yeah, pour out of our pores. Pour, yeah. the pour from the pores. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, and we would be getting those drinks because we are poor. <laughs> so it would pour from our pores because we are poor. Click. You like it? No, I just heard, like, people leaving. I, I could do this all day. <laughs> I, I, I know. Do you, are you a Wordle guy? That game I am. Wordle? You are? Yeah, I won't do it. Because I yeah. know once I start, it's going to be I have like a, a buddy drug. where we don't speak. Like, I, I've talked to him maybe once in the last three or four years. But we always, um, we just, we, we, we wake up in the morning, we do our Wordles, and we share our scores with each other. Oh I am God. an old man. I am ancient. Ancient. <laughs> I think you've I think you've like surpassed me in terms of like essential age. I am I am <laughs> I am 78 years old in my heart. Okay, I can't take any more. I'm too old. Let's stop this. All right. Okay. For Tracy Pearson. I'm David Woods. We're in Port Online. We'll talk to you again next time. See you guys.